Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All righty. Well, we are starting a new question today from um, one of our listeners that was sent in. By the way, if you want to send a question in to the Gospel for Life and have it answered on the air, just email us at info at reformationboise.com, and we would love to answer your question. So here's the question for today. How does or should the regulative principle of worship affect worship in the church? How does or should the regulative principle of worship affect worship? Worship in the church. Well, maybe even before we dive in that, let's just define what are we talking about when we use the term regulative, regulative principle. And I very briefly want to look at it historically that um, in the Reformation of the 16th century, which is where we trace our ancestry, spiritual ancestry, um, the Reformers were determined to reform the life of the church according to the Word of God. That that the, they saw that the church had gotten astray from God's word and into all kinds of human traditions, and uh, they wanted to reform the church according to the word of God. And Calvin, in particular, was zealous about this in his reform in Geneva, uh, that he wanted to reform the life of the church according to, to the word of God, and 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 particularly the worship life. How do we worship God? What do we do when we come together on Sunday morning? Uh, how do we structure it? How do we carry it out? How do we plan it? What what parts are appropriate? What, what things are perhaps not appropriate to worship? And Calvin, we, you can do, we can argue about how successful he was, but he wanted to reform the worship of the church according to the Word of God. And that's what the regulative principle is, that we, w- we want to worship according to the Word of God. And what, that was one what, of the essences of the of the Reformation. That was one of the controlling things of the Reformation. They, you know, they saw that what was taking place in the church had become idolatrous. People, you know, it wasn't necessarily prescribed by God's word. And so there were there was several different tracks that came out of that Reformation. There was, right. you know, uh, you had that Roman Catholic track that said worship is governed. By the church, that workmanship is governed by tradition, governed by the dictates of priests and bishops and, and the pope. That was one of the tracks. And then Lutheran, Lutherans and the Anglicans took it a different direction. They, theirs was um, they worship according to principle. So as long as it didn't violate something, um, uh, what God had forbidden, then it was acceptable. So if it wasn't forbidden, it was allowable. Yeah, that's what I was right. going to – I didn't mean to cut you off. I was yeah. trying to cut you off anyway. But that's – I was going to – I don't know if these definitions are helpful, but in in one of uh, the books that I'm reading right now, he says that the regulative principle forbids anything that's not commanded, whereas the normative principle allows anything not forbidden by Scripture. Right. Do you guys right. think those I, are helpful definitions or no? Yeah, I, I, I think in terms of um, – yeah, I, I, I have a – 
there's a restrictive principle of worship. There's a libertine principle of worship. There's a there's a reform principle of worship. And and so the restrictive principle was says if it's not commanded, specifically commanded, it's forbidden. And so, you know, there, there are some unbiblical restrictions that get placed upon that because there, you know, for instance, um, we don't necessarily have a command to. Um, baptize uh, infants. Uh, there's not a specific command to do that, although there is something that is given in Scripture by example and direction and principle that would allow for that. Um, you know, so if it's not uh, commanded, and, they, and people will use that to adopt, say, okay, where's the command to worship on Sunday? Okay, so um, if a, it, that you could be overly restrictive, because there's no command for certain things and practices in the church. Then there's a libertine pr- principle of worship. With, if it's not forbidden, then we can do it. Yeah. Well, I don't see any command against the offering of strange fire and, and doing certain things. Uh, so we can, we can do that. And I think that's what, what Phil was really and, saying in terms of historical context. And that results in context. certain excesses. Yeah. So, so uh, uh, you know, when we think of regulative principle or a reform principle of worship – we're, we're saying that Scripture provides the direction, it provides the examples, it provides principles, you know, it provides the elements of, of worship. It, um, the circumstances may change. My circumstances, you know, you know, there's no place that tells you you have to sing three hymns or there's no place that tells you that you have to do it in a particular order. Um, but there are certain uh, – Elements that are consistent with worship that we would find, and and so there's a, a certain amount of freedom in worship, and but there's also some restraint uh, that it's done according to the Word of God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, in Colossians two, there there's a section where uh, Paul is is instructing um, about passing judgment on food or on what days to worship and and in what certain rules and he concludes that section by saying that those that work according to some of these these principles or or human sayings or a thing says those indeed have an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion right and that's really what the heart of the regulative principle is trying to get at it's trying to prevent self-made religion a religion that caters to the consumer, um, and that—that's the danger. Um, by saying, "Well, no, we just we just worship God, and we do it um, with freedom, and we do it according to to what we think is best," and and we use. Um, I, I think everybody would probably say we we try to do it according to what's in the Word. But if you take such a broad approach and say, in essence, if the word doesn't forbid it, it's okay. Yeah. Um, that's a that's a pretty difficult yeah, standard can, to everybody apply. Does what is right in their own eyes, can rather you, than can you give an example? Like, let's flesh this out for our listeners. What would be an example of a violation of bringing something into the worship, the house of God, to worship on a, on on the Lord's day that wouldn't be in you know. So I think what you're trying to do is you're trying to go back into Scripture and say what what things are commanded have to be part of the service. Right. And so you, you make a list. What are the proper elements of what worship? Are the, so there, you start whether that's there. preaching or prayer or singing or the giving of gifts, uh, the sacraments are included. Um, 
First Corinthians fourteen is talking about that God is 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 a God of order, not of disorder. That there has to everything has to be done according in um, properly and, and with order. It's just it's not chaos. It's not unstructured. Mm-hmm. It's it's not loosey goosey. Um, when God commanded the temple to be built or the tabernacle to be built, He said, "As it's been shown to you on the mountain, it had to be built exactly like was commanded." Why? Because it it represented something that was beyond the people. It wasn't for the people in the sense that it wasn't trying to to cater to their felt needs. It was deliberately attempting to reveal God. And so worship service, I think we have to maintain that the primary point of worship is to to give an accurate depiction of who God is. And, And so what we do is we don't want to come in and say, you know what? I think it would appeal to our young people if we had a clown come in and um, do a Bible story in, in, in church. Well, what, what does that say? What does that reveal about God? Mm-hmm. Would, that, would that correspond to anything that we read in Scripture with regard to the worship of God as instructed in God's Word according to any of the principles? And I would absolutely say no. No, that that's not anywhere close to what's commanded, mm-hmm. um, or instructed, or in principle even indicated. Or instead of preaching today, let's just do a, a skit that would tell the story of the gospel, but let's not actually preach. Mm-hmm. Um, again, that would also be a. Vi- and I think I think what's difficult in this conversation, you look like you're thinking really hard here, Phil. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. And uh, or or maybe my mind is just blank, but uh, yeah. <laughs> you know we're into here. We're Phil real- was wondering if there are more donuts in the break yeah, room. That's, yeah, that's, that's what exactly. How did you know? You have the gift of prophecy. Um, <laughs> that's next time. Okay. Yes, okay. No. Um, you know what we're really into here. There, we're into an area where. <coughs> You know, there, there aren't hard and fast rules. It's an area of discernment. And it requires knowing the scriptures, uh, knowing what the scriptures do teach about uh, honoring God with our worship, and then uh, applying, applying discernment. Uh, you know, let's, you know, for instance, you know, let's, uh, well, let me, let me give you an example uh, from a from a church that I attended once many years ago. The the clown example was a real example from a church I was in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and I've and I've seen it too. And yeah, but just don't don't go there. Anyway, um, I, I was once uh, sitting in a church when the minister got up in the front and and was leading. did some did some preaching and. But then led us into this so-called prayer exercise where we were invited to close our eyes and imagine that we were walking along a country road with Jesus. And as you walk along this country road, and he just kind of tried to lull us into this kind of meditative state, and and then you're walking along the road with Jesus, and you can ask him any question you want in your imagination, and then listen to his answer. And then he left a long quiet where we were supposed to listen to the answer of Jesus in our imagination. I was, maybe I should have got up and walked out. I was too polite to get up and walk out. 
but I should have. Um, because what that minister was doing was abrogating his call and responsibility to preach the word of God. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and to rightly divide the word of truth and, and to, to, to proclaim what the scriptures say. I can, if I want to get in touch with my own navel and, and let my imagination run wild, I can do that anywhere at any time. Yeah. Uh, Christ speaks in his word. And so that was, to me, that was a classic example of taking, and, and, and by the way, I mean, that's, that's an example of taking something out of therapy or out of, you know, you can sit in therapy and, you know, somebody old, the therapist will tell you to imagine what you would have wanted your parents to say to you when you were a child. And, yeah. uh, anyway, yeah, but you, I, you guys get where I'm going. I think we just have to remember that Scripture really does give us um, very strong examples of God being displeased with certain oh, types yeah. of worship. Yes. So, I mean, from the very beginning, Cain brought an unacceptable sacrifice. It wasn't according to what um, what God had revealed. I mean, you, you, you've got um, – the worship of of the Israelites when when Moses was up getting the the Ten Commandments, God was not pleased with the worship um, of the of the Israelites. So, I mean, you've got strange fire being brought um, by Nadab and Abihu. I mean, you've got all of these examples throughout Scripture where people brought worship to God that He was not pleased with, and actually, it would be even stronger than that. He reacted very. Um, Harshly yes. towards yeah. inappropriate worship, so that's why the regulative principle exists. Is because it's a protection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We want to worship correctly. And, yes, you know. Um, I think in uh, Nehemiah chapter eight and nine, you can go through there and you can see different elements of worship. You can see, um, you know, uh, you know, these call to worship: stand up and praise the Lord your God, who is from everlasting to everlasting. There's a reading of the law of God, and then there's an explanation of it. This is what we find when we gather together. There's a confession of sin there, and then there's some pardon that is offered in that in, in those passages. There's a, a whole pastoral prayer. We talk about the elements that we want to find in worship, and we find them in God's Word. That's right. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. We hope to see you next time.